0: thanks for downloading scott harold's podcast if you use a smart speaker you can always ask alexa to enable the sos radio skill we can find love without losing ourselves and we're talking with mandy hale on sos radio and she's a best-selling author and creator of the social media movement the single woman how are you mandy i'm great how are you I'm doing well. Let's talk about the reality of dating today. I mean, what is the most awkward date moment that you've survived, Mandy?
1: <laughs> oh, gosh. That, how long is the show? <laughs> <laughs> Three hours. Um, let's see. The most awkward date moment, I would say probably one. This was actually before COVID, thankfully. We met up for the first date, and from the get-go, it was a little awkward. But it really got awkward when, well, the first thing that happened was he ordered my food for me. It was a lunch date. And I was like, okay, well, this is a little weird since we don't really know each other. And, you know, this isn't the year 1920. So I, I kind of <laughs> like to order my own food, but okay, I'll just roll with it. We go along through his lunch and it was actually a sushi. And as we're eating, I noticed that he is just continuously like sort of making this snarfling sound with his throat. And then he starts like sneezing and kind of hacking and coughing and and not really covering his mouth. And he's kind of just coughing all over the communal food and like eating the food with his fingers instead of chopsticks. And it just turned into one big old mess. And, you know, obviously I was very polite and nice and didn't eat very much. And he actually asked me, are you not eating because I'm coughing? And I was like, well, duh. But (laughs) I was like, "Uh, actually, no, you know, I'm just. I'm not really hungry and I tried to just keep it very, very polite and, you know, not call him out for anything because first dates are always awkward, but I would say that was probably the worst. And if, you know, if that were to happen now after COVID, oh my gosh, he would probably be (laughs) thrown out of the restaurant. So yeah, that was definitely uh, at the top of the list for sure.
0: What have you learned about getting out of a date situation when you're in the awkwardness and you're like, this is a train wreck and I want to be polite, but Lord, get me out of (laughs) here.
1: Well, I will tell you the lesson learned. And I do try to take a lesson from every date, bad date, good date, indifferent date. And I think that's so important to do in this crazy dating landscape. The lesson that I took from that was to keep first dates a lot more simple. Keep it to coffee or ice cream date or just a really quick meetup. So you can be in and out in 30, 45 minutes if it goes bad. If it goes well, you can always extend it to lunch or dinner or you know, a second date, but it's always good to kind of keep the first meetup short and sweet. So you have an easy exit if it turns into, you know, an awkward cough fest like my date did.
0: We're talking with Mandy Hale today at SWS Radio. She's a best-selling author. I'll tell you what. We're talking about not believing the swipe, right? You know, it's funny because in this modern dating world, obviously, looks way different than the way that we dated in high school. And it's even different than the way that our parents dated way back in the day. But it's funny because with online dating, it's like you almost market yourself, right? It's like you almost set this up. It's like this is the part of me that I want to share. or This is the showcase of where I want to focus the light. And you don't want the guy who's like standing in front of his car or or posing with all of his cats.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, the worst is when you have the guy who, you know, I respect that there are lots of men who are hunters and that's fine. It's not my cup of tea, but if that's something that you do, you know, to eat the meat, I don't ever, I'm not a big fan of hunting just for sport, but maybe don't post a picture of you holding the dead bloody carcass of the deer as your as your profile picture on the dating app it's just not something that lends itself to uh those warm and fuzzy feelings
0: i guess the problem is a lot of times in the dating scene you're benchmarking yourself against other people's behavior or whether or not they're swiping right or whether they're responding back to you in a timely manner oh they must not like me i must have said something oh it must be a problem with me it might be their problem too <laughs>
1: Exactly. And that I mean, honestly, you just described exactly why I wrote this book, because I think that so many people, not just women, I think men too, you know, I speak from the female perspective, but I think that single men are included in this too. I think that you can get so caught up in just the grind of the swiping and the matching and the conversations and the being ghosted and this, that, and the other. that If you're not really, really, really sure of yourself and if you haven't, you know, kind of, come face-to-face with yourself and learn to really love yourself for exactly who you are, you know, you can get really just messed up by the responses that you get on these dating apps and you can start, you know, letting the swipe rule your life. And that's honestly the place that I found myself in a few years ago. And so I had to kind of really take a break from dating, you know, spend some time just figuring out what I was looking for and, you know, what, what was important to me my values and things like that and, uh, you know, just really kind of learn to love and enjoy my own company and to reach the point where I realized, Hey, you know what? I really want to find someone. I hope to find someone. I plan to find someone, but if I don't, I'm going to be okay. And not just okay. I'm going to be great. I'm going to live the best possible life. I'm going to do all the things I want to do, you know, that I would be doing even if I was married. And when you kind of reach that point where you're good with yourself you are able to approach online dating from such a different perspective. And I'm really hopeful that this past year is challenging and hard and awful that this past pandemic year has been. I've spent a lot of time alone over this last year. A lot of us single people have spent a lot of time alone. And I really kind of learned even more to appreciate my own company and to realize, hey, I really like hanging out with myself. And I'm hopeful that this book is coming at a time when a lot of people are coming off of that introspective season of life and that they're kind of like in this place where they're like, hey, I've learned that I can, if I can survive a pandemic alone, I can do anything. (laughs) And so now they're ready to kind of approach this whole dating app and online dating thing from a much healthier, you know, positive, even lighthearted perspective.
0: Feeling rejected isn't just exclusive to the dating scene. I'm Scott on USWIS Radio. We're talking with Mandy Hale, and she's an author. Actually, has a new book called "Don't Believe the Swipe." And you know, we've all faced rejection, whether it's in the workplace or in a circle of friends, or whether we're dating. We even feel rejection sometimes in our church community. We're supposed to be all about the love and grace, right? And the community. And the problem often lies, Mandy, where we get to this place where we've allowed rejection to almost like redefine our identity identity. And Mandy, when you want to go back to that place and say, I put my identity in something before Jesus, what have you learned about resetting that and taking a new authority there?
1: It's interesting that you bring that up because I actually have, there's a story in the book where I had, you know, another pretty bad date with a guy who he wore rejection on his sleeve, and I felt for him because you could tell that he had had a hard time in life, and you could tell that you know whether it be dating or friendships or jobs or whatever that he had just always kind of felt rejected but instead of kind of taking those experiences and trying to kind of go within and figure out or look above and figure out like okay what can i do this is not going to define me i'm going to i'm going to move forward from this i'm going to understand that i'm worthy i'm accepted i'm loved exactly as i am just because i am who i am just because i'm human He really kind of carried it around. It was almost like when you walk around with rejection on your sleeve, it's almost like you're walking around with a great big giant, you know, bag of garbage and it just, you spill it everywhere and it smells everything up and it just repels people. And that rejection is, you know, we've all been rejected. This is a world of rejection. That's the world that we live in, whether it be on dating apps or at work or online or, you know, from a complete stranger or whatever, I think, though, we have to understand that the world's rejection says absolutely nothing about our worth. Our worth is inherent. We are worthy. We are lovable. We are precious. Our lives have meaning. Single, married, male, female, whoever you are, your life has meaning and purpose. And something that someone else comes in and says about you or does to you or the pain that they inflict on you, it hurts, yes, but it has absolutely nothing to do with you. Most of the time, it has a lot more to do with the other person than it does with you. And I think we have to just kind of realize that, again, that comes back to the whole thing of you really can't learn to love yourself until you understand that you are lovable, you are accepted, you are precious to God, you are you know, worthy just as you are. And once you realize that, that kind of expands to every aspect of your life, including dating.
0: I've noticed over the years that the vast majority of books that are written about dating are written by guys. I'm Scott Harold on SWS Radio. We're talking with Mandy Hale and you know, walking through the bookstore, right? I don't see a whole lot of guys flock into the romance aisle, Mandy. Why do you think it's so important to have a woman's view of dating today?
1: You know, there's so many great dating books out there actually. My friend, Greg Barrett, he wrote, He's Just Not That Into You, which was this groundbreaking dating book about, I don't know, gosh, has it been 15, 20 years already? So there are a lot of male voices out there that have something really powerful and great to say. So I don't want to knock that at all. But at the same time, you know, the people reading these books are women and who better to understand the female perspective than a woman. So I I was kind of, when I started doing the research into doing this book and I realized like... You have the Steve Harvey book. You have Greg Barrett, You have the guy from Parks and Rec. As is, I'm sorry, he wrote a dating book. You have all these big, important, high profile dating books that have all been written by men. And again, that's not saying that they don't have something to say, but I think that women sometimes we just need to hear from another woman. You know, it's like talking to a girlfriend, a best friend, someone who inherently you know understands our journey and. That's the thing, too. When I told my publisher I wanted to write this book, I said, I need to do this now. You know, I'm in my early 40s. Like, I'm hopefully not going to be single forever. And I want to do this while I'm still in a place where I have something to say about this and that I have something to offer to people. And I I think that's why people relate to me and my message and hopefully this book, because I'm not a married person, you know, up on my married pedestal, um, you know, telling people what they should do to become married and happy and blissful. I'm down there in the dating trenches with them. I'm living this journey with them, sharing my good, bad, you know, horrifying, funny experiences with them to hopefully help shed some light on their journey as well.
0: So let's talk about the hookup culture for a minute. We're talking with Mandy Hale today at Swiss Radio. We're talking about dating today. I'm really curious to hear a woman's perspective on this. I mean, Mandy, what have you learned about the best way to define your boundaries when so many guys come into a dating situation expecting a hookup, expecting intimacy, and you're like, hey, I'm a Jesus follower, and I want to communicate what my values are up front, so I'm not wasting my time, and I'm not wasting your time, but I also want to show you like there's way more to this than those expectations.
1: You have to decide this before you ever get on your first dating app. Because if you go into online dating or any kind of dating, kind of wishy-washy and, and unsure about exactly what it is that you're looking for, what it is that you want out of the relationship, what it is that you're not willing to compromise, you're going to find yourself compromising. So I think before you ever get on a single dating app, before you download an app, before you go online, before you you know, go out on that first date, sit down and you know, kind of get honest with yourself about what your boundaries are and be really, really clear and make sure that you're confident in that and that you don't apologize for that. Like a good example of this is I haven't really started venturing back out there since the pandemic, but I did a couple of weeks ago, a guy invited me out for coffee and I said, you know what? I've been so cautious this whole time. I'm not fully vaccinated yet. We can totally meet up, but it needs to be outside and from six feet apart. And I was really unapologetic about that. And he was cool. He went along with it. And then as we continued chatting, he kept bringing up, well, I want to cook you dinner, blah, blah, blah. And I have two very high risk parents that I'm protecting and and I can't risk, you know, spreading any potential germs to them. So I told him very unapologetically, until I'm fully vaccinated, I'm not going to be able to do any indoor hanging out, you know, even better if you're fully vaccinated too, but that's your call and you make that decision. And within, you know, 10 minutes, he had scheduled his first vaccination appointment. (laughs) So all that to say, that's not the same thing, but it's the same thing in terms of I was very clear about my boundaries. I was very clear about what I was and was not willing to do. And I gave him the opportunity to respond accordingly. And here's the thing. Anyone who responds negatively to your boundaries is someone that doesn't belong in your life anyway, because the person that is meant for you will always respect your boundaries. We'll never want to push those boundaries. We'll never put you in a compromising or uncomfortable position and we'll absolutely wholeheartedly honor and respect you for exactly who you are.
0: I was looking through some of the data here in our city. About half of the people here are single. I'm Scott on Swiss Radio. We're talking with author Mandy Hale today. She has a new book called Don't Believe the Swipe. It's about finding love without losing yourself. And I know a lot of times in our church communities, you find that church has almost elevated marriage to such a degree that a lot of men and women who are single feel inadequate. And maybe you think like, well, what's wrong with me? Or can I hang out with my married friends? I don't want to feel like the third wheel here's the thing, you know, God knows what he's doing and God's timing is different. Mandy, you've written extensively about this in some of your past books where you say, well, okay, why is it that I'm single? Like, and you ask these questions, like it's a negative thing, but as you start writing, you realize, no, actually uh, there's a lot of things about me that I'm living life that I may not be able to do if I was married. And there's a season for that, but I may not be there yet.
1: Exactly. And here's the thing, you know, I've had situations at churches, for example, like you just mentioned, where, you know, I walk in and I'm the only single person in the room and I don't feel very welcome. I don't feel, I really think our churches need to step up in terms of how they embrace our single people. And that can kind of leave you feeling like, hey, I don't really belong here just because I don't happen to be married or engaged or with, you know, I don't have kids. Where's my place to belong? So I think that as a whole, I mean, society as a whole needs to embrace our single people and celebrate our single people more. But in particular, I think the church does. So I think that once we start doing that, I think that that's what I've tried to do with my message and, you know, my social media platforms and all my books. Just I've tried to really highlight the single journey as not something to be tolerated, but something to be celebrated. You know, not something to be endured, but something to be enjoyed. It can be this great, big, beautiful adventure, or it can be this miserable, you know, awful. experience, but it, <laughs> ultimately it's up to you to decide. But the thing is, if you're always waiting, anytime we go through life waiting for, there's a quote that talks about, you know, you if you're always waiting for Saturday, if you're always waiting for till you've arrived, if you're always waiting till vacation, if you're waiting till the pandemic is over, you're waiting till you're married, you're never going to live your life and you're never going to be happy. You have to choose to live and to be happy and to, you know, make the most of every moment of life. And I think this past year has hopefully taught us that in a much bigger, you know, more visceral way. Like we now see, Hey, look, you know, life is precious and we need to seize it and live every moment to the fullest regardless. Because the thing is, you know, there's so many amazing things to celebrate about the single journey. And I think there's a, you know, in the book I say, Hey, I think we need to start holding showers for singles too, you know, like celebrate our accomplishments, you know, like when someone hits the New York times list or when someone buys a home or, Someone loses 20 pounds or someone goes back to school or, you know, whatever. There's so many accomplishments that have nothing whatsoever and so many moments of joy in life that have nothing whatsoever to do with marriage, love, kids, et cetera, et cetera. Those things are all wonderful things, too. Don't get me wrong. Those are all things that I want for myself and that I know the majority of my readers want and probably your single listeners want. And that's wonderful to want those things. But I also want you to understand that there's joy to be had in this moment right now and not to waste your time, you know, waiting on this unknown future to decide that you're going to wake up and be happy, but to seize the day right now.
0: We're talking about finding love without losing yourself, and we're talking with Mandy Hale, and she's a best-selling author. She's also the creator of the social media movement, The Single Woman. But Mandy, you talk a lot about how there's a difference between a situationship and a relationship. And a lot of times, we think about dating, and we're hanging out with people, and this isn't really a relationship.
1: Yeah, and I think that in this day and age, that has become so much more common. People have gotten kind of lazy about dating and courtship, if you will. and People are wanting to juggle multiple partners, multiple potential, you know, romantic prospects. They don't want to close the door on one person, so they juggle two or three at a time. And so what happens instead of, you know, focusing on one person, having this really great connection that turns into this really great, you know, dating situation that turns into a really great relationship that turns into marriage, we have these sort of halfway in, halfway out. Like I'm going to go halfway in with two or three people instead of all the way in with one. And when we have that mindset, like here's the bottom line, there's always going to be something better out there. (laughs) I mean, that's just the way of the world. There's always going to be someone a little bit skinnier, a little bit prettier, a little bit smarter, a little bit younger. But if you spend your life looking for the next best thing, you're never going to be happy with anything. And I think that that's why we found this situationship thing that has popped up that people are trying to just juggle, you know, keep some people on the back burner and some people on the front burner. It's just turning into a big old mess. It's just setting the whole house on fire. So (laughs) I think if you found yourself in a situation, I would say, where you're even questioning, is this a relationship? It's probably not. I mean, if you even have to question it, because the bottom line is, it's clear. When it's something real, it will be very clear. Now, I'm not saying it'll be clear in the first five minutes or the first two weeks, but you'll know if you're heading somewhere meaningful pretty quickly. And if you're not, I would say go ahead and cut your losses because you can literally spend years in the gray area just sort of existing on that person's back burner, and they may or may not ever move you to the front burner.
0: Well, we're talking with Mandy Hale today at SWS Radio and her new book's called Don't Believe the Swipe. Thanks for your time today, Mandy.
1: Thank you so much. This was fun.
0: Thanks for listening to the SOS Radio podcast with Scott Harold. If this discussion encouraged you, feel free to share it with your friends on social media.